Hey guys, welcome back to the Pokemon series podcasts. Will, JJ, and I are here. Zach was supposed to join us, but he wasn't able to. But I do have his feedback that we'll read uh, as we go along. But super excited to talk about Gen 3 Hoenn. I think many fans, especially us, are like would agree that Hoenn is one of our favorite generations. So it's going to be fun to talk about. So I guess Will and JJ, what were your what are your initial thoughts on Gen Three? Uh, I liked Gen Three. Um, the, this was these were the first games that I played as a kid. Emerald mm-hmm. and Leaf Green together, and Leaf Green is kind of, even though it's a Gen One game, it's still a Gen Three game, right? Um, and yeah, so like. These being some of not only the first Pokemon games, but the first video games I played as a kid, I played the heck out of them. Um, and I know that this isn't really our focus right now, but one of my all-time favorite Pokemon games was the uh, Blue Rescue Team Mystery Dungeon, mm-hmm. which also is part of Gen 3. Yeah. So. Yeah, The there were definitely some great things released around Gen 3. Also, like, Coliseum and XD, Yellow Darkness were released here as well, so... Pretty cool. Will, your thoughts on Gen 3? Oh. It had a nice little charm to it. Like, everything about this game, I just loved. Mm -hmm. And it's a big reason. The the, the charm that it had is a big reason why I keep coming back and playing it. Like, Mm -hmm. not even just the remastered versions, but just, like, the classic version of it, too. Mm -hmm. Because even though, like, some mechanics are still older and a lot of stuff is not as they are now right it's still a very solid game to play very fun and it's actually like still to this day probably one of my favorite storylines to play throughout a pokemon game yeah definitely um my thoughts like i yeah like jj i definitely started with fire red and then ruby sapphire emerald um and like just, like, Emerald itself, like, I mean, we had Yellow and Crystal before this, but Emerald felt so, like, refined compared to Ruby and Sapphire, like, everything that was an issue there, they fixed in Emerald, and then Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, like, built on it even more, and, like, put in the lore with, like, Mega Evolutions into the game, and Mm -hmm. so they did, like, everything with Hoenn, I feel like, has been explored, and that's why, like, I... I think uh, it's really high on most people's lists is because there doesn't seem to feel like there's anything like that's left unchecked or... It seems like their most fleshed out region Mm -hmm. that they've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I wonder if the uh, Brilliant Diamond or Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl will uh, have the same effect on Gen 4 as the remakes for Gen 3 did because like not... I mean... I realize, sorry, I'm having a hard time not laughing at Will's face as <laughs> <laughs> he eats that. Uh, but no, uh, I, the first Gen 3 games were really well fleshed out, but then mm-hmm. the remakes were such an improvement on what was already a fantastic set of games. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and uh, Zach here, just as an in- introduction to Zach's thoughts... <laughs> He just said, Generation 3 is a very unique generation in the Pokemon series. The story of the games follows the same basic pattern as the ones before it, but this generation takes a unique spin and makes the series more modern. So, I, yeah, I'd agree with Zach's thoughts there, and Zach has more as we go through. So, um, yeah, no, I I think that's all we have to say, and then we'll just say more as we go through the categories. So, 
let's start with our Pokedex. We've got 135 new Pokemon added in Gen 3. So went up from 251 to 386. So um, pretty big improvement. And just a lot of the Pokemon are like... There's, there's so many fun Pokemon to use um, that I love from Gen 3. Um, I guess let's start with the starters, though. And so we have Trico, we have Torchic, and we have Mudkip. And I'm sure that the common answer, I know what it's going to be here, but Mudkip, definitely the one I started with the most. I kind of alternated between Torchic and Mudkip. <laughs> um, I, I do know that when I played through Omega Ruby, or not, not Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire for the first time, mm-hmm. uh um, or Torchic is what I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the design of all three of these Pokemon, though. They're all really cool. Their final forms are all um, fun to play with, and I like the like the move set that really kind of makes sense for these Pokemon. I think it's a shame that Trico uh, Trico's line ended up being a single type compared to the other two being double types. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of why people might use one of the other two over Trico. It was for me. Yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. I was on Team Mudkip. I saw Mudkip and I fell in love. He's so cute. He's just (laughs) an adorable little guy. Trico was like my second pick. Like, that was my off pick. I like Trico. Grovile is probably one of my favorite, like, second stage. Oh, yeah. Evolution, like an evolutionary line. Like, it, that is a solid design for a secondary, you know, stage. Because, mm-hmm. like, most secondary stages, they're, like, a little... Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> like, and they're meant to be. Yeah. You know, for that reason, in a way. But, like, Grovile, like, in itself is just, like, a solid-looking Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And that also might also just have to do with just, like, the anime, too, because Grovile would, became of Ash as one of, like, his main... Pokemon at the time when he was in that region. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mudkip was always my go-to. Swampert is just a beast. I love the bulkiness that it brought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blaziken, I, I've always wanted to try to do the Torchic line to get Blaziken because Blaziken is a beast. I just can't get over the first two stages just for the life of me. And also, even up to this point, I was never big on like a lot of fire starter types. Mm. Charizard maybe was a big exception, but I could get over Charmander and Charmeleon. Just something about Torchic, I just couldn't get over it. Like, I, there was something about it, I just could not pick it for the life of me. That's fair. Fair. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, unfortunately, and obviously, you know, Blaziken started this trend, but unfortunately then this started the trend of firefighting starters, um, moving forward, um, for three generations in a row, um, which I would argue Gen 4 still was great, and then it was Gen 5 that really ruined that trend in many people's eyes, (laughs) so, um... Yeah, I and I mean, uh, uh, Sceptile did, and Oris did get the Mega Evolution that made it part Dragon, but um, it would have been nice to have part Dragon without the Mega Evolution. Well, it would have made sense on that. That's true. It it is really cool to think of like a part Dragon starter, though. Oh yeah, it would have been nice. So. Anything else we want to say on the starter uh, lines? I think we've pretty much covered it there. Yeah. All right. Um, and, oh, and then Zach wanted to, I'll continue sharing Zach's thoughts. 
Uh, he said, Zach said, the starters are, are solid all the way around. In my opinion, Torchic is the weakest of the three due to the dual firefighting typing and the lack of need for a fire Pokemon late in the game. Trico takes a unique spin on the grass typing as it moves from an animal-like design to a human-like design. Mudkip, in my opinion, is the strongest of the three starters due to its versatility in all parts of the game and the unique water-ground typing. All three starters are very unique as they all have human-like features and have stayed fairly strong in the competitive aspect of the game throughout the generations. Fair. You know, fun fact. Mudkip is the only starter you could, like, in, like, reality, be mm-hmm. efficient and just go in with one Pokemon. Like, if you chose Mudkip because of the move diversity... And because of the HMs at the time, still was a thing. Yeah. Mudkip can learn all the necessary ones that you need. And because of the typing, it could carry through a lot of gym battles. Like, obviously, you would run into, like, the grass would be difficult. But, like, it's not the first time, you know, people, you know, fought the odds like that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, as a kid, I, this definitely started the trend as a kid because starting Gen 3, you know, we, I'm sure you guys did this at some point, just solo run with your starters. Like, or even if it wasn't like a solo run, like you, that were your main one, and then you would have like your HMM slave Pokemon, you know? Yeah, yeah. JJ, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say I was never much for Nuzlocke until getting into college and meeting you. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, and and just like I don't know, I just remember as a kid, I didn't like it wasn't necessarily a Nuzlocke. I was just like soloing as much as long as I could, and like. Um, I didn't like losing as a kid, I will say that, because I'd literally restart <laughs> if I lost. <laughs> I would be undefeated. Yeah, so, that is true. Um, I don't know, that just is kind of the competitive spirit in me a little bit. Um, alright, so let's move forward to the legendaries and the pseudos. So we'll start with the legendaries. Um, so we've got, of course, our, uh our uh trio of weather legendaries we've got to go with kyogre groudon and we'll get and rayquaza um and and really i always preferred kyogre of both of between him and groudon and then when it was rayquaza and groudon's still a well-designed good pokemon but like kyogre just looked to me uh i liked it better and then rayquaza came along and then it's just like okay this is one of the greatest like legendary pokemon i've ever seen you know, I never was really into Rayquaza, and, like, I know that everybody thought, like, this is such a cool Pokemon, but for some reason, it just never struck my fancy. I don't <laughs> dislike Rayquaza or anything, but, like, honestly, as a kid, most of uh, most of the legendaries just weren't for me. I, like, legendaries felt like overpowered yeah because the games are already kind of easy mm-hmm. for the most part so i just kind of steered clear of them um right but i did like all the lore behind these three and how the uh how the different villainous teams were focused exclusively on these legendaries it really felt more um it not more but it, it was nice to have a change from team rocket yeah, this this is the first generation where the evil team focuses on the legendaries, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, not not so counting not counting Giovanni in the anime wanting Mewtwo. Okay. Well, in the Pokemon in the in first gen too, they hinted at it though too, because right, because in the abandoned mansion, like there's the notes and stuff that still had the connection. 
Right, but that is true. They, they weren't making like a pr- openly pursuit towards him, so yeah. Right, yeah. So this is like the first big public like thing where the this, this is the first team. game where they actually like the team's mission involved like solely involved the legendary. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, your thoughts on Rayquaza, Groudon, and Kyogre? Oh, these this trio is like the like I said about the beast. These are actually like up there as like one of my favorite trios. I mm-hmm. like the beast. I go back and forth between these two trios. Yeah. But, like, there's, like, three trios that I really like, and this is, like, the second one. The third one we'll talk about later, but... Um, Kyogre was always my more standout one just because I like the water, like, the concept of the ocean and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blue's my favorite color, so just even... It just was a naturally appear, appealing Pokemon to me. Mm-hmm. Rayquaza... I fell in love with when it was like that's usually my go-to legendary mm-hmm. but Kyogre was always there as I got older and I was playing more I appreciated Groudon's design more and more yeah and some of the unique stuff to it I just think it's just at a very just due to the nature of what they were doing and how Pokemon mechanics work Groudon is just in that unfortunate like situation of most of the time it's going to be at a disadvantage because it's typing alone. Yes, it, with its ability, you know, sunny, you know, having sunny or drought, you know, creating a s- sunshine yeah. against solar beam, the one counter it would have to Kyogre. Depending on how they fall out, like, you know, we're getting a little competitive here, depending on what comes out first, certain abilities will trigger the other. So if you get it, if Kyogre gets its rain dance off afterwards, or it's dr- like, you know, it's drizzle ability afterwards, yeah, it don't matter. And then you're going to get washed. <laughs> so. I did feel bad for that regard, but it's still Groudon's still a really well designed Pokemon. Like I enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and I mean I I and just like we also have to talk about Oris added primal reversions for Groudon and Kyogre and the Mega Evolution Rayquaza, which did it really need a Mega Evolution? Probably not. Thank but, God they did. Woo! Yeah, but it looks it looks great to me, but um it's it's just funny. <laughs> the primal uh, versions didn't really do much for me, to be honest. But yeah, that's I, fair. I, I wanted them to be more of a change from what the Pokemon already were. That's fair. I I I, I guess in terms of like the fact is like they did that for one game and then it was just like okay we're done, and that that's kind of a problem with the later. I get it's kind of a problem with like the later Pokemon games is they would try something either for a generation or a game and then get rid of it the next. So, and that's something we can talk about when we get to, like, the later gens, so. Sure. I, I kind of dug the problem for him. I get, JJ, where you're coming from, like, how it, like, it could be a little, like, it'd be, it kind of falls flat a little bit, because it's not that much of a change, but I dig it for the concept of just the lore of, the, the forms you see them now are, like, the tame version, because at some point, the Earth, like, the, the Pokemon world had to get created in a sense, you know, there was, like, that where they were more active. So I kind of dug like the inside of this is what they were like back in the heyday, like when shit was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I dug it for that purpose. And I, and I really love Rayquaza's mega evolution form. I kind of wish that was the normal Rayquaza, like just at least that concept of it, mm-hmm. but still cool nonetheless to see. Yeah. 
I, I can agree with that. Zach said that, because um, this was in the same paragraph as his evil team discussion, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, the connections between the teams and the legendaries was perfectly done. Groudon and Kyogre were beautifully designed and added unique weather features to battles. In addition, Rayquaza was a great design and provided a unique leader of the legendaries in, in the game. So that was Zach's thoughts on, the, on those three. Um... Anything else on the weather trio? Um, just speaking of weather, I know this is kind of getting into another topic of the podcast, but the whole weather mechanic stuff that they did in this game was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, even beyond how it affected battle, I liked that there were weather effects in the overworld part of the game. Like, there were rainy um, routes that I had to travel through, and that just made the game feel a bit more immersive. Um, some of the aspects of what they did with the weather, like, uh, I, I can't remember if it's secret power or hidden power. Secret power, I think. Secret power, yeah. That fell a little bit flat for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, like, Castform is a pretty neat Pokemon that wouldn't have been born if not for weather effects, so. Yeah, that is a cool thing, and I mean, if only Castform was actually useful, um, <laughs> then it might be better. Um, but it just, um... It's not that great of a Pokemon aside from how, like, its design and lore behind it. I like the weather concept of it, but to me, I think, honestly, it fell a little short in some ways. Maybe it's just because I didn't maybe utilize it as much as I probably could have. Mm -hmm. But I felt like for what they were going for, the amount of effects that they were having just was, like, not as impactful. Like, in my opinion. Like, it probably was in a lot of ways. I'm not saying it was, like, did nothing, but I felt like they could do more. Like, I liked what they had, but it just felt like there was still something else that could have been done with this. Yeah. Especially since, like, the main legendary trios revolved around the weather effects. So I was like, oh, let's do a little bit more with this. But they didn't. They'll do it. They did it later on, like, in Sword and Shield, a very, a feature that I liked. Mm -hmm. But I... So it was a good foundation, though, that they started off in this gym, though. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, all right, we ready to move on to the next legendary trio? Sure. All right, the Reggies. And we're going to expand more on the Reggies with Gen 4 and Gen 8 as well, uh, now that we got those new forms as well. Um, Regice, Regirock, and Registeel. And the cool thing about these was you had to get, like, you had to use, like, different HMs and different Pokemon to get through the secret chamber and then open up the, uh, chambers that the, these, uh, legendary, I think they're called the Golems, um, that you had to open up their chambers with the, the secret chamber, uh, at the bottom of the ocean on that one route that had, like, the really strong current. So, that... It was a cool feature, and um, I've never really used them, because as a kid, I never used to know how to get them, um, and then Same. it was, yeah, so then it was kind of like, Oris, I finally was able to get the Regis, um, because it was a, I mean, it was, I, I, I want to say it was a bit easier, or maybe I just knew how to get it at that point, but um, yeah, I, the Regis are cool, though. Um, I'd I'm not sure which one I prefer. I probably prefer Regice, to be honest. I just think the design looks really cool. Um, I don't know. It, but they all look pretty good, so. Um, these Pokemon were a little bit foreign to me. Just, <laughs> like, the whole concept of them. Um, and I didn't feel like there was much that they added to the game for me. <laughs> um, 
And just like you, I didn't know how to get them when I was a kid. Uh, so I never did, and they just weren't all that important. Um, I still feel fairly similarly about them nowadays. Like, I, you know, when I'm going to look at the Pokemon I want to put on my team, I never think of the Reggies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well. I, I dug the Reggies. Like, they're, they're not the third team that I was talking about, but they're still, like, a trio that I enjoy. They get more shine later on when they add, like, Airhead Honcho, like, mm-hmm. later on. I think it's actually Gen 4. Yep, yep. Gen 4. We'll talk about it next right. week. Right, but uh, Registeel's my favorite. I love Registeel. Um, back to the anime, I think it was the Lucario movie. I don't know if that came out. I can't remember, like, if it came out around this, like, or it wasn't meant for this region. It could be. Maybe not. It was, like, the very end leading into Gen 4, the Gen 4 anime. Yeah, so, like, but the... They had, like, in the anime, some of the coolest, like, sounds. Oh, yeah. And I just loved it. And I liked the concept of the golems, like, that they were guardians of, like, slumbering Pokemon that had to be awoken, you know, in a way. It was a very cool concept to finding legendaries. Um, they were difficult to find, so, like, definitely could see it as, as a turnoff. I didn't always get them, but they were just Pokemon that I'm like, yeah, these are really cool designs, and... I like them all. Like I like them all real pretty equally, but if like put my feet to the fire, I, I choose Reggie Steel. Yeah, um, and Zach didn't leave thoughts on the Reggies, but um, yeah, we'll talk about them more. Like I said, um, or when we get to Gen Four uh, with their head honcho, but um, yeah, I mean, oh, and the other thing is, we'll talk about the Battle Frontier when we talk about the post game. But one of the Battle Frontier brains has all three Reggies. Brandon. Um, yeah, Brandon. Yeah, so he uh, in the anime, and then in the in the post game of Emerald, he has the three Reggies still, I believe. So, which seems like crazy for someone to have all three of them, but yeah. So, and and it kind of makes you think: is there like some sort of like multiverse that some of these? I mean, we kind of see concept of a multiverse in like Oris or like in other gens that there's a possibility that that exists so that would be neat yeah so can you imagine the kind of pokemon we would get out of multiverse though oh man i, I mean like we got a lot a lot more things like deoxys yeah and i mean we got i, I feel like gen 7 out of the ultra beasts so technically i mean True. they come from other dimensions and whatnot so i mean there's crazy stuff that does happen later on in pokemon <laughs> And then you get, well, later on, you get the new forms of Reggie's, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, in Gen 8. Um, we'll get to those as well at the end. All right, and then we've got Latios and Latias, and also kind of hard to obtain in Gen 3, or at least original Gen 3 remakes made it extremely easy to get them. Um, but you used to have to chase them around post-game, and you can only get one. Um, and similar to how Gen 2 had the beasts uh, roaming around, and then um, Oris made it so you could get one of them, uh, depending on your version, like, before, like, the sixth gym. And so, like, I mean, the lot the Lotties were interesting. I liked what they did in Oris of, like, expanding on them and having you be able to ride around on them with the Eon Flute. Like, that was a really cool feature. Um, I don't necessarily like that Oris gave you the ability to have a Legendary before you got even got close to beating the game, though, but... Again, that doesn't, like, I don't 
really ever use legendaries on my team. Mm -hmm. Um, so that didn't bother me all that much. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, there were so many legendaries in this generation that like, I just, most of them I didn't even focus on. It was really the weather trio that I was interested in and the rest kind of just weren't my thing. I liked the the movie was a lot of Yas and a lot of Yos. Yeah, um, heroes. I remember think I remember thinking that was pretty cool. Um, the the not graphics because it's animation, but like I guess the animation style really appealed to me for that movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Will, Latios and Latios, um, they were interesting, but they were never one because of how difficult they were at first to get, and then when they became super easy, I still didn't really use them. Mm -hmm. It just was not my cup of tea, like, in terms of my kind of Pokemon I would want on a team, so they're alright to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I tried to avoid using them as well, unless I just felt like using them, but eventually I was like, well, I shouldn't use Legendaries on my team either, so. <laughs> um, alright, and then we got to, well, one started out as Mythical, one, and then Oris made it, uh them available in post game but uh one that is has stayed mythical jirachi um the wish pokemon and i mean uh they had the movie where like max uh may's brother was like taking care of the jirachi um i don't know i've never been the biggest fan of jirachi um i don't know i just maybe it's because i have not had like any experience catching one or using one at all so uh, I'm in the same boat as Jake with Jirachi. I don't really have anything else to add. Yeah. Nothing else, Will? Yeah, Jirachi was cute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we got Deoxys, who Oris made available in the, at the end of the Delta episode, which was so cool to see them pop out of the asteroid and have to fight them and probably use your Master Ball on it. Um, and, like, uh, the cool thing about Deoxys is its ability to change forms. Um, because then you've got the normal form, you've got speed, attack, and defense. And I believe that's the other, only other three forms, if I'm not mistaken. Speed, attack, defense, normal. Yeah, it has four total forms. Okay, uh, yeah. Deoxys wasn't one that I caught until, um, until I was uh, playing the remakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and at that point, I thought it was a cool, like, whoa, this is like a post-post-game type thing. Like, this is the final Pokemon to get. Mm -hmm. um, never used Deoxys. Uh, the forms is kind of a neat thing, um, which they explored a bit more in uh, later generations with other Pokemon. Yeah. But uh, the Deoxys, to me, was cooler in other games where the backstory and the lore behind the Pokemon was explored more. Like, for instance, in um, Mystery Dungeon. So. Yeah. Can agree with that. Will? Oh, I, I, I've dug Deoxys. I thought it was a very unique take of a Pokemon that could change forms and have different kinds of stats and benefits. I dug it. I like the design of Deoxys. It really felt like... And it was like a nice take because it's like, okay, these are like Earth Pokemon. Well, what are there Pokemon from out, like, in space, like, you know, aliens? Like, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. That was a cr pretty cool creative, like, take on a uh, otherworldly Pokemon. And it was very unique. And then that's also, like, where kind of, like, when you're dealing with space, in a sense, 
Well, what type do you give it? Eh, I don't know. The psychic. <laughs> yeah. Though they, late next gen, they're going to forget that notion for some reason. <laughs> don't know why, but hey, Deoxys, psychic type. We like it. I think it's, is it just a psychic? Or yeah. Or it's just psychic. Yeah. Because I know Dorachi was steel psychic for yeah, some see, reason. Yeah, like, yeah, Dorachi, look at it. It's from space. Yeah. So. Honestly, though, like, if Dorachi was made today, I, uh, it makes sense to me that it would be made of steel fairy type. Oh, yeah. I could definitely yeah, well, see yeah, it. Yeah, now fairy type is, I guess you could also say that maybe... They could have retyped it. I don't see Deoxys being a fairy type, though. No. No, no, psychic makes sense. Like, I'm not, like, complaining that it's a psychic type. But I think if they were to retype type it, I think they would slap a steel type on it at least. Mm-hmm. Or Psychic Fairy. Yeah, they could do that. Because, I mean, cause, I mean, you have, like, later on, like, a version of Wheezy, and that's a fairy poison type. Right. True. And then you had the dark fairy combo, so it's like, you can combo fairy types, like, with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. Indeed. Alright, and then, um... We'll talk. We'll just briefly mention the pseudos. I think we'll probably mention them again when we talk about like elite four and champion stuff. But Metagross and Salamence, um, the fact that you have to face both of them in the Pokemon League is crazy, and they're both extremely strong. Arguably, two of the uh, strongest pseudos made. Um, I I like both of them, um, and they both got Megas as well in in Gen six. So, yeah, your thoughts on Metagross and Salamence. Salamence has never been one of my favorite Dragon-type Pokemon, mm-hmm. just because it's literally just a straight-up dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's nothing interesting about it that sets it apart as, like, a unique Pokemon, in my opinion. Even Dragonite, which is still a straight-up dragon, looks like a Dragon Tails dragon. <laughs> so, um, you met Derby Boy alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Metagross was always one of my favorite Pokemon. Uh, I really like Steel-type Pokemon just because they're not they're not really based on animals. They can't be as much. Um, mm-hmm. So they're more unique in that respect. Also, Steel-Psychic is a killer combo. And Metagross is a badass. Fighting against Steven's uh, uh, Mega Evolved Mega Metagross was always one of the hardest parts of Alpha Sapphire for me. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, Will, thoughts on Metagross and Salamence? Metagross definitely is my favorite between the two. Yeah. Um, I think, actually, Metagross is the last pseudo-legendary that's not a dragon type, if I'm not mistaken. There might be, like, one more, but, like, ever since, like, from there on, like, every pseudo-legendary that came out since was a dragon type to some degree. Yeah, but I think Metagross you're right on that. I love the design, the typing, just the, everything about it is so intimidating. It's great. It's fitting for a pseudo-legendary. Salamence, it's a dragon. I like dragon types, but like Jay just said, it's just like a very simple... I love the early stages. Like I, like, I dug that. That looked cool. And then Salamence was just like, oh... Not bad. Could be mm-hmm. better, but it's all right. Uh, I did not like the Mega Evolution to Salamence <laughs> one bit. That I, I, I get what they were going with, but I just did not like it. But between the two, Metagross is definitely my favorite uh, pseudo-legendary. But 
fuck fighting them both. Like it's just it's <laughs> it's still tough. Don't don't get it wrong. Yeah, and so the interesting lore behind it, so Bagon Salamence's pre-evolution. So Bagon is like a dragon that really wants to learn to fly, so it tries to <laughs> jump and it just fails. Um, so that's an interesting, that's a bit of lore there. And then Metagross, the Beldum line, it's like, so Beldum, like, I think it's like two Beldums together makes Matane, and then like four Matanes makes, uh, Metagross. So that's, uh, or so, something along those lines, like, uh, I don't know 100%, uh, that's tr- if that's 100% how it gets made, but it's something along those lines, which is really cool. And I think it's cool that, uh... Is another evolutionary line that does that. We have that in the past with the duo, yes, um, uh, Magnemite and uh, Diglett. Mm-hmm. But like these don't, the names don't focus on that. Like Diglett, Do Duo, and Do Dr- or uh, Doug Trio. Diglett, Doug. Wait, <laughs> I, <laughs> I messed up names now. Uh, but my point is, like, it's not obvious, and that makes it cooler. Like evolutionary or evolution stuff is more has more mysticism to it mm-hmm. i think what it could have been done like because they this isn't the first time they do it but would have been kind of like especially since later on we get unique evolutions like early steps to evolve the pokemon mm-hmm. a cool little thing would be like you wouldn't be able to get these stages unless like say and i know it would be very like a pain in the ass especially with a pseudo legendary but in a way it would also like make it worth it too it's mm-hmm. like you gotta do it the way that like the lawyer so it's like beldon you gotta have two beldons and like get at least one of them to a proper level and then as long as you have two in your party it's going to evolve so then you'd be technically down a slot but i think it would just be a unique way of going about it because then it plays into it because you sit there you're like oh it takes all that stuff and you're just like i just watched it i just killed this jigglypuff and this thing just became metagross like (laughs) but it just poof like i guess three more showed up for me yeah so but i think that would have been like i think that would be a cool mechanic to brought in but i get it for simplicity's sake and in a way thank god too because that would have been so tedious yeah It'd still be kind of cool to try to do one time. Like, is there something to do? Yeah, and I believe Beldum might actually want to have one of the uh, lowest catch rates of a Pokemon. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, catch fucking like five of them bitches. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you need two for the Beldum. Then you have to get another, unless you just caught up a Matane. Like Matanes at that point, but even then, that's hard. Yeah, so you're just sitting there, just like, oh god. Yeah. All right, and then uh, Zach has a little bit more. When we get let's get to our favorite Pokemon and least favorite Pokemon from Gen Three. Um, I can read Zach's out first. Um, let me find it. Um, all right, he's Zach says. Other than the starters, my favorite Pokemon in the game are Breloom, Walrein, Altaria, and Salamence. Uh, Breloom has great design and unique typing, and Shroomish is the goat according to the Devon Worker in Petalburg Woods. Um, <laughs> walruses are my favorite animals, so Walrein is always one I add to my team. Altaria is a beautiful design with a great move set, and lately Salamence is a very difficult evolution tree, but very rewarding. Um, so yeah, I agree. Breloom is always one that I add to my team, because uh, Shroomish you can get so early. Um, Swellow is also one. Um, I wish I, uh, used Walrein more, but Walrein's cool as well. Um... 
I'm trying to think of other ones. Altaria's good too. Um, there's like several. Slacking, I mean, the fact that it could be a pseudo-legendary if its ability didn't stop it from being uh, nerfed. Like, as it's the ultimate flex. He chooses not to be excellent because why he be too good at it? <laughs> he so, did it for our sake. So yeah, that that's probably there's a lot of good Pokemon. Manectric is also great. Um, so there's some really good stuff in Gen three. Uh, for me, my absolute favorite Pokemon every time I play this game is Trapinch. I don't even care about Flygon. <laughs> Trapinch is my favorite. I don't know if it's because it's cute or it's a little reptilian Pokemon or what it is, but like as a kid, I don't know. I grew attached to it, and that never, uh, never left. Some others though, I always find myself using Gardevoir when oh uh, yeah that Pokemon's available in the game. Um, I just think the Fairy Psychic dual type um, is really useful. Also, Gardevoir is a pretty good Pokemon that you can use for a range of roles on your team mm -hmm. um and then we already talked about metagross some um, and agron too agron's like, great agron's just a big steel dinosaur like how cool is that yeah um overall though there are like i don't have any least favorite pokemon if i had this pick some least favorite i'd say maybe like relicanth and love disc just because those pokemon aren't super useful no. Um, I get the necessity of having some of those, like, no evolutionary line Pokemon in the world to flesh out the diversity of Pokemon, mm -hmm. but, like, who uses Love Disc on their team, really? <laughs> um, overall, though, I, uh, I think that this generation did a good job at adding some more Pokemon to some of those uh, typings that didn't have much. Mm -hmm. We got two Dragon Lines in this uh, or, no, we got three dragon lines in this generation. Um, Swablu, Trapinch, and Bagon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there are a lot of dragon types. We got some more ice-type Pokemon, more than, like, a single line in this case. Walrang, Glalie. Not so many fire types still. Like, we're still not doing a great job with fleshing out the fire-type universe. But at least we've got enough to, like, make it not so hard for a fire-type gym leader to have a full team of fire. Yeah camera up to Torkoal. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely forgot about some of those that you just mentioned for a sec. Agron is great, too, um, and uh, some of the other ones you mentioned, for sure. JJ, Will? This gen always was the hardest for me to build a team because mm -hmm. there's so many different ways I wanted to go with it and so many different Pokemon I wanted to use, And but usually the ones that most of the time will end up on my team. Agron, Slacking, I will I love Slacking. He's, it's just a beast. I mm -hmm. love it. I don't care about his shitty ability that really ruins him. He's so cool. <laughs> you win with him and it's a flex. It's great. Uh, another, like, I think a low-key Pokemon that I just, it, I really enjoy is uh, Mighty Enna. Like, you get, get it early on, that dark type, that, it, I love the design of Mighty Enna. It's so mm -hmm. cool. I love the wolf. The mean mugging wolf. It's so cool. Oh, always name my Wolfie. <laughs> yeah. Because like, go oh, Wolfie. And then they're like, what the fuck is that thing? It's like the vine of it don't bite. Yes, it do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, the Agron's good. There's Altaria, like. Yeah. Really became one of my favorites. Like, Swablu, 
cute little Pokemon, then Altaria is just a beautiful Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I'd have to say probably least favorite for me. I mean, I'd probably say yeah, Love Disc. Why not? Is pretty useless as well. Um, Why not? <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Wafet's already a troll Pokemon. We don't need a useless baby form for it as well. Wafet is so irritating to fight against, especially if you find it in the wild, like on a Nuzlocke. I don't want to get killed to a freaking Destiny Bond. Yeah, or get spindle. countered or mirror coat. Spindle. Yeah, Spindle's annoying too. Um, what was spindle, another one that yeah. I did not like? Um, I know there's like a couple other ones that I had. Cast form I find kind of useless. Um, oh, but it's cute. <laughs> but he's not good. So? <laughs> um, you think I'm rolling up to the competitive scene with my Mighty Yenna and a slacking? No. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um oh god I, I know there was one that i Absol. like oh absol's cool too see i i know oh, like, here comes the hater okay let's go <laughs> I, I no okay now that i'm older and understand more about like how pokemon works absol's a lot better but when i was a kid i hated anything that had no evolutions i was like that pokemon's bad it doesn't evolve like that was my whole mindset so you're not just, you're just dumb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Kid, kid me thought that way. Like, Tauros, that must be a bad Pokemon. It has no evolution. <laughs> and I know that's completely wrong, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Will's really sad now. Man, just coming at me in the Gen 3. You could have said that in Gen 1, and I would I would still have been hurt, but... Damn. Yeah. I... Yeah, I can't think of what I was going to say that I don't like as much, so we'll just... What was the new fighting type? They added a new... Like, they have Hariyama. Hariyama, that's the one I was thinking of. The big hands, like, the definition of catch these hands, bro. Like, <laughs> there's Metacham as well. Oh, yeah, there's Metacham. Uh, I liked uh, Hariyama a lot more than I liked Makuhita. Or, sorry, I liked Makuhita a lot more than I liked Hariyama mm. um, in terms of design. That's fair. Yeah, I, um, Sableye was also a good troll Pokemon if you just wanted to Will-O-Wisp, and especially getting the Mega Evolution in Gen 6, Sableye became even better, um, which now it's back to not being as good because they got rid of Megas, so. Sharpedo and Claydol are another couple of Pokemon that are pretty cool. Sharpedo! Sharpedo's good, too. (laughs) And then in, in, uh, Galar, when you're swimming around and it just comes at you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Run away! Oh, and then you got a giant freaking Wailord. Wailord, like, seeing Wailord in Sword and Shield and how big that dude yeah. is. It is one of, if not the biggest Pokemon, isn't it? Yeah. The biggest. If, yeah. Light, too. Yeah, and, um... Oh, I also really actually like using Exploud as well. Exploud, because, like... If you get an Exploud and you get, like, Boom Burst and you get, like, special attacks on it, Exploud can actually be pretty useful. I honestly also like Swiper, too. Swiper's, Swiper's cool. Um, oh, I Tropius could have been a lot cooler, but um, that's also not as useful either, so... I, I did like the idea of a Flying Grass type here. I know this uh, wasn't our only Flying Grass type, because mm-hmm. we also got Hop-Up, Skip, Boom, and Jump Yeah. But Tropius was a lot cooler than those three. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, yeah. I think what fell off was, like, the moves that I learned, too. Yeah. It, it could have been a better Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do like Duskull as well. Dusclops, oh, yeah. Speaking of, this time we get two ghost types, and they both have evolutions. Right, Shuppet and Bayonet. It, yeah, which is good, because we need more ghost types. Yeah, is this... Because, like, we only got Mistrevis in Gen 2, and after the Gengar line, and then, uh, yeah, this is... We got two new ghost-type lines, so that's cool. And the Duskull one is just solo ghost-type. Yeah. I think uh, Bayonet so is... Shuppet and Bayonet. Right. Oh, and we also got Sableye. Which yeah, is and Sableye, Sableye. Yeah, 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 yeah. We actually got, like, a pretty... Like, Gen 3 came packing with the Pokedex. Like, still lacking on the Fire-type, but... St- even the Fire-types, though, that it introduced, though pretty solid mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah for sure um yeah no i mean it just um and ghost dark also being like at the time didn't have weaknesses until fairy came along yeah yeah i mean sableye still even with fairy is still a good competitive pokemon there are a lot of pokemon in this generation that are strong competitive uh players or they eventually become it, you know, with new features that get added. True. Or get removed, too, in some cases. Yeah. So. All right. I, is there anything else we wanted to mention with the Pokedex? Are we ready to move categories? Team I team. think we can move categories. Okay. We talked about a lot of them. Yeah, we talked about a lot. I think we covered almost the entire Pokedex of Owen, so. <laughs> and we realized how wrong JJ can be at times. <laughs> oh, my God. That's okay. You're wrong sometimes, too. Oh, I'm wrong a lot. Oh, I wonder how much infighting is going to happen in future gens. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we haven't disagreed on a lot of things in a while. Yeah, no, not not since uh, not since our MCU stuff. <laughs> it's true. Um. All right. So then we've got to go to our uh, geographical features of the region. Uh, Mount Chimney's pretty cool. Um, and uh, Mount Pyre as well. Then we got Zootopolis. The fact that you have to dive to find the entrance to the city is really really cool um lava ridge being underneath mount chimney or like right at the base of it is pretty cool so um four tree having like tree houses mauville being like this big city um so i mean there, there's a lot of cool stuff in hoenn so yeah they really did a lot with um the diversity of location <laughs> in this region and there's so much you can do with water which really makes sense uh, with the just bounty of water Pokemon that exists. Mm-hmm. But I, I love this region. It's so beautiful. There's so much you can do. I will say those stupid ledges off Mount Chimney got me <laughs> so many times where I accidentally went off them and had to make a big long climb back up. And I'm just. Oh, man. That's Been what it was. Yeah. So, well. Awesome. I, thought, I thought personally the coolest city was the, um, the treetop city. Four tree, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And then, like, the fact that it was a flying, like, uh, gym town. Yeah. It was very interesting. It was flying, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was flying. Yeah, it was flying. I thought that was very cool. Like, I was like, I was expecting it to be grass, you know, but it was like, no, flying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Here yeah. we go. Yeah. What's up? Go ahead. ahead. Oh, we're good. You're good to go, JJ. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, we still have the Safari Zone in this region, don't we? Yes, we do have a new Safari Zone um, in this region, and you can use, like, Pokeblocks and stuff, which, I mean, we'll mention in our new features as well. Oh, 
yeah, the the uh, we have the whole contest spectacular in this region, which I actually I spent a lot of time on that. Uh, I did not like think that I would, but that was a cool side feature that you could do those competitions. Yeah, and I mean we forgot to mention that uh, in our Pokedex, we forgot to mention my load at Gavolvin with the Pokebox. And Feebas being difficult to find. I did want to mention that. <laughs> Feebas, I, I, that's going to be my least favorite Pokemon <laughs> of this generation. Just because it's difficulty to find and evolve. Yeah. Milotic. Milotic is, is bulky. How you pronounce it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's bulky as hell. <laughs> um, Alright, well, anything else on the region itself? All right, um, so we'll get into our story and evil oh, teams. Oh, wait, real quick. Shout oh, out yeah. to all those fucking contest judges that were like, hey, this legendary Rayquaza is not as cool as this kid's level three Poochie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I came gone practically, and you're just like, nah, puppy. <laughs> I love it, puppy, but like... That's never pretty okay, realistic, sorry, though. Like, in real life, people are just going to be like, nope, I got to go with the dog. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, let's head to our story. Let's talk about uh, Team Magma versus Team Aqua, Maxi and Archie. And, like, as stupid as, like, okay, as stupid as saying, oh, I'm going to flood the entire Earth seem, seems to be. Um, I like how, like, um, I like I like how it kind of just, like, does this rivalry between teams. And... I still like the teams, even though their maybe their motives might not be the smartest uh, in the long term. <laughs> I like that these um, these villains aren't villains in the traditional sense as much. Not like Team Rocket, who just wants to steal Pokemon from people and be be the strongest around. Yeah, but these uh, both of these groups are really just eco extremists, mm-hmm. um, which is. Like, as a child, that's a harder concept to wrap my head around, like, why they might want to do that. But as an adult, I can really see more like, we're trying to give the land back to the Pokemon, which, that's like, so, it's so much more morally murky, um, these teams, which really makes for a much more interesting storyline. Yeah, that I can agree with, and I guess, I mean... We can talk about how many villains just in movies and things are also, maybe they don't have the smartest, like, actual plans, but they're so, like, driven in what they're trying to do that it doesn't matter. So, I I can understand that. Well, your thoughts on Team Magma and Aqua? They are my favorite, like, villain group in any Pokemon game. I love the dynamic between the two of them. I don't care if the plan makes sense, and, like, in terms of Flood and Earth, I'm in the Coast Guard. We got boats. <laughs> we will float eventually but it's kind of cool though and i dug it always hilarious to see the mighty yenna on the team you know where it's like oh it's themed mighty yenna why where are you what okay cool whatever <laughs> but team aqua all the way i i'm not saying i agree with the plans but in terms of just again i was always bigger on the water type stuff like and like and archie was so cool yeah. Like, he was so cool. The design, the personality, when you read the text and everything, I was like, I'm like, I want to team up with this this crazy pirate. I don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the redesigns. And, and with the championship, we're flooding the earth. 
I love the redesigns of them and Oris of like that Archie has more of the pirate personality and then Maxie is like the evil scientist. Like that's a cool little dynamic and that they did in the remakes. It's also nice to have a female uh, villain team leader too. Oh yeah, with the admins, yeah, because we have um, we have Shelly and Matt, I think, on Aqua, and then on Magma you have Tabitha and Courtney, I think. I don't remember, to be honest, but I'm glad you... Remember, I, I, I don't remember her name, but I do distinctly remember the female on Team Aqua. Yeah. Yeah, I believe she was in the anime as well, um, which I haven't watched in a while anyway, but... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, anything else we want to say on Aqua and Magma? Archie. <laughs> the yeah. dude, the bro, the Chad. The chat. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, and then we've got um, kind of the post-game features of uh, Gen Three. Um, in Emerald, we got the Battle Frontier for the first time ever. Um, and everybody loves this uh, post-game feature in Emerald. And like, I'm definitely like definitely for competitive fans, especially. And I mean, having like. This is, like, the first real big challenge that Pokemon has ever done, and I, I like, don't know if they've had such a big challenge since then. Yeah, I don't see why the Battle Frontier got removed. From Oris, like, yeah. Well, not even just from Oris, but, like, that's a feature that doesn't come back much. No. Um, which, uh, like, it's a really good feature that a lot of people really like, and... I could easily see the Battle Frontier being something that even from regions like Galar, which are further away, that people would still be traveling to. Um, like, I, that could be included. Like, you have to buy a plane ticket or something, or you have to earn it in a certain way, or get endorsed by the champion to go to the Battle Frontier. Like, I could see many ways for them to incorporate that, where you would travel to that location. Yeah, for sure. Well... Leon would stomp the Battle Frontier. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know why. That was the first thing that popped in my head throughout this whole thing. Anyway, no, I, I dug it. I definitely, the Battle Frontier, like JJ was saying, it's very interesting. I kind of wish like they would do more where outside regions where it's like, hey, we have our own distinct thing, but let, let's try theirs. It's like, like to really prove yourself to be the master of the world in a sense, like try conquering the other different regions, like championship routes and shit. You know, and Brandon, Brandon legit. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, Nolan, who runs the Battle Factory in the anime, he had an Articuno, um, and then uh, Annabelle, who we'll see pop up again in, in Sun and Moon um, for a cameo there, uh, she had an Entei, so... <laughs> Man, they're just like plucking legendaries out of nowhere. they just like, hey, Articuno, Entei. I have three Reggies. Like, <laughs> which is really cool. It's like, wow, these trainers are the trainers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's it's now, really cool. So. Now just get Giovanni in there with Mecha Mewtwo, and then you got a real challenge. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely get to Gen 7 when actually the evil teams use legendaries. So. You know, but can we just talk about, like, I. It's kind of funny because, like, you watch animes, they talk about, it's like, oh, you shouldn't control these legendary Pokemon. And then, meanwhile, you play the game. I'm going to be a 10-year-old with the power of, like, demigods on my team. And then you got gym <laughs> leaders who are just abusing the fuck out of this shit. Like, yeah, 
catching these legendary Pokemon probably going to have no repercussion whatsoever with the Pokemon ecosystem. Wink. <laughs> We're going to use them for our own gladiatorial purposes. Like, yeah. You know, I really feel like there should be more consequence than here, but hey, you know what? Cool. If I could flex on Brandon saying, I kicked your ass and you had to be legendary, <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Let me catch the literal creator of the Pokemon universe and everything that lives within it. Nothing's gonna happen. And name <laughs> him Debbie. Time. Name him Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. And then Battle Frontier Oris instead of doing that, like they had the um, Battle Maison, I think, but it they instead added the uh, Delta episode where you could get Rayquaza and Deoxys, um, and the character Zinnia, who was like a dragon uh, tamer, I think. Um, and it was an interesting thing to do. Delta episode was pretty cool. Um, just how, and then how they had you ride on the back of Mega Rayquaza into space, like cool. <laughs> Anything else on the Delta episode? Not much there. Yeah. All right, and then you could do legendary hunting of like uh, past legendaries, and and at that point it was part of Gen Six. So you could get obviously the uh, other couple uh, gens as well in there for Gen Four and Five as well. So, um, which was just a really fun thing to do was trying to get a, go around and get every legendary. Again, with no repercussions <laughs> to the outside world whatsoever. Literally in Gen 3, where you stop another team from catching the legendary just so you can be like, nah, fuck it, mine. <laughs> I, I do really like the... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, JJ, but like, seriously, we literally spent like a whole like storyline of stopping people from evilly controlling like these legendary Pokemon, and then we're just like, nah, we're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, we don't use it for evil, but we do it to beat up youngster Joey and his team of Ratatas. Like, yeah. Mm, we're the greater good. But Will, you gotta catch them all. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I want a Pokemon game where there's repercussions for catching those kind of things. Like, it's like, oh, you just caught, like, the sea guy, guess what? Now the oceans are out of control, and oh, we just lost Louise. Oh, no. It's gonna be a whole Butterfree episode, but with legendaries. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gotta release them all. Gotta release them all. God. Um, I like you were talking about with the ability to just go around catching different legendaries though on the like taking your Latias or Latios around. Um, I do really like those post game features where there's still some things that feels unique and different and like a new challenge for me (laughs) to do. Um even though it's catching Pokemon, like, there's more to it than just going to the route, finding the Pokemon that I need. Like, I have to find the right place at the right time, and, like, it changes all the time, too, so. Right. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, Will, any, anything else to add on that, or? Nope. All right, so let's. It's kind of weird, random tan, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our gym leaders in Elite Four discussion. Um, so our gym leaders in Gen 3, we have Roxanne, we have Brawly, we have Watson, we have Flannery, we have your dad Norman, which is a unique thing that I'm sure we'll talk about, Winona, uh, Tate and Liza in our first gym leader double battle, and then eighth gym, it's either Wallace or an Emerald, it is Juan. 
So, um, your guys' thoughts on the gym leaders and Poen? I really like uh, Norman. <laughs> I think that's a cool storyline. Um, and it, it just gives a unique connection to the world for you as the protagonist of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, the gym leaders, again, with the variety of Pokemon that have been added in this Pokédex, this is the first set of games where I really feel like the gym teams match what I would expect out of a solo-type trainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well... Oh, I dug the gym and leaders in this game. Uh felt that like and even like the gyms themselves were pretty uniquely designed mm-hmm. even nor- like it's like think about it, like you hear normal type you're like man what, what what could normal do but like that little dojo style of different like kind of stat boosts and stuff like that or different normal type pokemon that lean one way or another yeah very unique because that's kind of how normal types are because there's a wide range of how they fall mm-hmm. i thought that was cool and i dug it like there, there were some pretty cool uh gym battles yeah, and even then in Oris, when you, like, Roxanne's gym, they added, like, this little uh, museum in the beginning, and then they had, like, a little a skeleton and fossils in the background. So, that was really, really cool. So, um, and then just, like, I don't know. it. I found it interesting, like, that they, this kind of also started the trend of, like, them different versions having different gym leaders, like, Wallace and and Ruby Sapphire and the remakes, and then in Emerald, he moves up to Champions, so then you get Juan in his place, um, which is a little bit interesting, but. Yeah, um, honestly, doing more differences between the games is good. Uh, because, like, what's the point of making different games if they're not going to be different? Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's also a money grab, so I'm kind of... I kind of lean both ways with the idea of making different games in the same generation different in those respects. Yeah. Yeah. And Anything else are we good to move on to the Elite Four and Champion? Let's go Elite Four Champion. All right, Sydney, the Dark-type user. We got Phoebe with the Ghost-types, Glacia with Ice-types, Drake with Dragons, and then either you're going to face Steven Stone or Wallace, uh, Steel or Water there, respectively. Um, I I really like this Elite Four, um, and I'm sure we're going to talk uh, really highly about Steven here, but um, yeah, no, I, I think Steven is one of the better champions for sure. Dude, Steven was a monster to face in Horus. Mm-hmm. Um, with his mega evolution, that just makes him that much harder to face. Yeah. Um, which I like because it's truly a challenge at this point, which is something that I don't get out of Pokemon games that often. Especially late, late game, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the time that you're catching legendaries and that your team's, like, level 60-plus, like, nothing really matters anymore. Just on me. Hey, hey, <laughs> that's all i got yeah well um surprise surprise drake's one of my favorites in the elite four like <laughs> i like drake I'm, i even though i just said you know salamence wasn't my favorite i still dig this dragon type like it's still really cool and drake's character design the way they model it is just really cool like i I, like, he looks like a guy that's seen some shit, and he's like, listen, youngster, 
fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he looks like the type of guy that would tell a child fuck off. And I'm just like, I respect that. I respect it entirely. <laughs> yeah. I, um, yeah, I just, Sorry, a buddy. ship captain looks really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. and Sydney being like a punk rocker is pretty cool too. Um, and then Wallace being a champion in Emerald is kind of just like, I mean, water types are bulky, so it's kind of a challenge, specifically as my Lodic, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, you do get to an Emerald if you beat Wallace, then you still can go face Steven in Meteor Falls, so it's not like, it's not like Steven's completely absent, so. I do like how the, the Elite Four teams change mm-hmm. after you've beaten the first segment of the game. Oh, yeah. Horus. Um not not only in Oris, but in all of it, but specifically in Oris, because then we get the influx of Gen 4, 5, and 6 Pokemon, and their teams just become so much more diverse, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. Yeah, agreed completely. Um, and then we got our rivals. Uh, we've got Brendan and May, which are kind of pushovers, if, let, if we can be honest with that. Um, and then we got Wally, who, if we're talking... At least the first battle, he literally has a level 16 Ralts that you just body immediately, and then... You body him throughout the whole damn game! Yeah, well, and then, I mean, the Victory Road battle is at least somewhat interesting, um, I guess, but... And then Wally uses a Glade and Oris instead of a Gardevoir, so... Uh, that's like, the most interesting thing on this team. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, <laughs> Wally, Wally to me was just like... <laughs> well, we had to go help him catch... First of all, fuck that kid. Getting rods immediately. On all things on that route. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've all tried, and sometimes we don't always have the best luck at finding that thing. But he's just like, oh, I stumbled upon this route. Hey, I'm just going to kind of do this thing. Oh, yay, first try. <laughs> it works. It's just that easy. Yeah. And then you continue to body his ass throughout the fucking game. And then May, May, May's cool. She's very nice. She's nice to you. She tries to be helpful. Kind of weird. She doesn't really fully evolve her starter that she has. Oris, they do fix that with, like, at, right. at least they make uh, them fully evolved by the end. I got nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. All right. Um... Alright, and then uh, other important characters, I mean, Professor Birch, I mean, uh, next Pokemon Professor, this time studying habitats that Pokemon live in. Um, I don't know, it's, uh, and him being, obviously, I mean, we had the uh, Professor Oak being the grandfather of, like, Gary or Blue, um, and then Professor Birch is the father of Brendan or May, so, I mean, you have another familial uh, connection there with the Professor to your rival, so, um, not much else to say on Professor Birch. I, I do like that the professors take different focuses, because mm-hmm. that very much makes sense uh, for how scientists would uh, interact with the world and with one another. Um, and I like that they chose this region for someone studying the habitats of Pokemon, because of how diverse the region is geographically, and how diverse the Pokedex is. Um, it really makes sense, especially with the weather effects and everything. There's a lot that you can get out of just that idea. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think of other important... I mean, we get some... Oris adds some in for... I'll talk about those in the feature, other features that they added, but I mean, I actually can't 
quite remember any other important people that we haven't already talked about, so. <laughs> so, um, alright, and then other features, um, we got abilities for the first time, Gen 3 introduced us to abilities, so made Pokemon more viable at this point, um, we got contests that we mentioned, we've got secret bases, and Oris added, I think his name is Arun, uh, they added those, um, that you could just, like, challenge friends and steal their flags and stuff, um, and then, uh, we got weather, as JJ said, as well, and then we also got dive added that you could go underwater, and Oris added more to the underwater stuff by, like, adding, like, scuba divers that you could battle and things like that, so... Yeah, I, I didn't realize that this was the first time for abilities. Um, but again, this was like kind of my first experience with the Pokemon world. Secret right. bases kind of fell flat for me just because I wasn't playing Pokemon with other people right. um, at this point. And uh, given the nature of the Pokemon games up to now to where you didn't have that wireless communication where you could just play with random people, right. that feature wasn't as useful. Um, one other thing I want to mention, and this is Oris specific, is uh, with whatever Poke gear you have in these games, um, the catch tracker thing yeah. um, that tracks by route, I really, really like that because it uh, keeps me from having to look things up as much to, um, to work on catching all the Pokemon and fill my Pokedex. Agreed completely. Oris adding the um, Dex Nav was really, really useful. Um, that helps Oris like boost for me in my eyes as well. Um, makes it way less annoying to try to complete the Pokedex because um, in some games it just gets so annoying. Um, sure, when when we get to like Gen Seven, we'll t definitely talk about how annoying completing the Pokedex is. Right. So, Will. I ain't got much. All right. Um, and then just like, yeah, again, and then I know we, the music itself, um, I will just say that has a lot of trumpets in this generation. Like a lot of the music, if you listen to it, it, um, it, yeah, the trumpets really blare in this generation. So, all right. And then, so just, I guess, Jen Rankins and we can give our closing thoughts. So I have Hoenn above Johto and Kanto, um, in that order. Um, I think it's gotten better with every gen. I, I will say Kanto's Pokedex is better than Johto's, but in terms of, like, things to do, Johto's still above Kanto, and Hoenn just did more than both of those, and it's a, it's its own region not heavily connected to either the first two generations, which is nice. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I still would flip, I, I would go Sinnoh, or not Sinnoh, Hoenn, Kanto, Johto, um, just because I value the Pokédex diversity of Kanto more than I value the features of the Johto games. Yeah. Well. Yeah, this this uh, gen's up as of right now my favorite. Mm -hmm. Kind of just doing a quick little look ahead on just other games and other gens. This one's gonna be up there. It's like I said, I go back and play this a lot any mm -hmm. chance I can. I just enjoy it. Very well done, and it's even like. With all the changes and the modern, modern updates to the game that's come out and happened, it's still a really solid game mechanically to go back to, and you're like, you're not gonna be sitting there like, oh my god, like, I gotta readjust to this like older time. You're just like, oh, I mean, it's not like Pokemon was a very complicated game to begin with, but you, you can still go back and like, all right, this 
plays very fun. Like, this is a nice, fun game to play. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, so, all right. So, that's what we have. A- any closing thoughts? I know Zach probably had some closing thoughts that I can read off real quick. Um, that I'll give in just a second. All right. Uh, Zach's closing thoughts are that, uh, he wished he was able to come, uh, on and talk in person because there is so much that he could add. Gen 3 is his favorite Pokemon generation. I don't know if it was, if it's close. In his opinion, no other generation comes close to being as unique with Pokemon design, region design, and diversity of Pokemon available. Maybe Gen 8 with Pokemon diversity. Gen 3 is a generation he hopes gets remastered again for the Switch to give it a true open world feel. So, which... That'd be interesting. They haven't done a a second remaster yet, which would be kind of nice. Yeah, unless you're counting Let's Go, but we haven't been counting Let's Go. <laughs> yeah, but that's not really a remaster. That's more of a Spin-off. different take on the same generation. Right. I honestly, like, um, I know that uh, they redid Mystery Dungeon, Blue and Red Rescue Team for yeah. Switch. I would be okay if they did that with Aorus. Like, yeah. Just uh, make those games for Switch. I'd totally play it. Yeah, yeah. I would too. So, well, uh, closing thoughts for you. Uh, honestly, he brings up a cool little point, like, in the comments that he read off about the whole, another remastered, but with the open world effect that we get later on in gens, like, especially, like, Gen 8. Yeah. I think that could be very unique, and especially with, when you do remasters, it's not out of the realm of adjusting the game to current gameplay status and, like, you know, this. So we could actually probably see... Especially with, like, I'm going to kind of jump on this, like, in Gen 8, in Sword and Shield, the weather in the area had an influence on what Pokemon you would encounter. Right. And then this being a big weather region, it would be very cool for them to really expand on that. It's like, all right, this region, the weather changes. It tends to be more rainy. You'll find more water types at this point. Or, like, areas that tend to be more sunny. Maybe more fire types are a little bit more current. Because then you could probably also bolster up some of the... I mean, it's already, like, a very good Pokedex, but nothing would stop you from adding some additional fire types in there. Or at least, if you don't want to bring in newer gen, like, you could probably take Gen 4 and maybe Gen, like, you know, 1 and 2, you know, throw sprinkle them in there somewhere in, the, like, a new remaster. But I think overall, I don't think the community would be that terribly upset Mm-mm. if they did that kind of a remaster. Yeah, I, I'd agree with Zach as well. I think uh, I think it'd be really, really cool. And I think we definitely all agree that Gen 3 is, is really up there. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting to um, have stuff like this to really uh, go off of that really uh, we have fun with. So, um, all right. Well, next week we've got Sinnoh. We've got Gen 4. Um, so we're going to talk about all the stuff added there. We're going to talk about the potential of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl as well, what we think will happen with those remakes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think this should be interesting. We've got a lot of evolutions and stuff that got added in Gen 4, so we'll talk about all of that. A lot of legendaries, too. So, what, like, 15 legendaries in Gen 4? (laughs) Yes, this is the biggest edition of legendaries. Unless you look at... um, Depending on how you look at Gen 7 Pokédex, because... With Ultra Beasts, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so... Yeah, we'll definitely talk about all that. Um, uh, a lot of other stuff um, with Gen 4. So that Team Galactic as well with Cyrus, who I know a lot of people in the Pokemon community actually like Cyrus, which we'll kind of see how we feel about Cyrus. Um, and yeah, so a lot of stuff there with Gen 4. Otherwise, um, in a few weeks, we'll be gearing up with more MCU stuff as well with the What If series coming out. So that's going to be interesting. We'll kind of talk about who's all going to be on that. And uh, we'll, I don't know, we did talk about it when we did Black Widow with Kim last week about potentially getting a bunch of people on for What If, but we'll kind of talk about that off air and figure yeah, out. Yeah, what if we did that? We could. Yeah, what if, what if we did that? Yeah. Um, and then we'll do Shang-Chi, of course, when that comes out, uh, the next movie after that. So, um, we will, we'll figure that all out as we, uh, continue on our Pokemon journey. So, we'll see you guys next time on Tribe of Nerds.